want to welcome every one of us one more time at home, in-house. You've come to the presence of the living God, and he will meet with you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say he will meet with you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's our Thanksgiving uh, Sunday, and I'm sure somebody is here to give thanks to God. Who is that person? Thanksgiving will be your eternal portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 8, verse 4. Psalm 8, verse 4. We started looking at a topic we called, What is Man? Last Sunday. I want to continue looking at it today. Psalm 8, verse 4. The book of Psalms, chapter 8, I read only verse 4. I read. It says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man, that thou visitest him. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Last week we talked about the fact that God is mindful of you. Tell somebody God is mindful of me. And that's very important. When we say God is mindful of you, we are saying you are full of his mind. Does that, uh, is that correct English? Aha, uh -huh, you see. <laughs> Idea is neat. It means wherever you go, you are on God's mind. It means nothing can happen to you by chance. Nothing can happen to you by accident. It means when you pray, you don't need to go too far for God to answer you. Because he's mindful of you. Because already you are in the mind of God. So when you begin to pray, who is hearing you? Even before you hear yourself. God is hearing you. And that's why one of the things we said was, I mean, the Bible makes us to understand that when we pray, our prayers will be answered. And I want to assure someone today, your prayers are answered. Amen. I say your prayers are answered. Amen. And so today, very briefly, I'm going to go on to, um, to, to highlight our second point, which is the fact that God visits you. God does what? I'm sure some of us are afraid. You mean God visits me? It's like uh, if some of us were told now that Jesus is coming back tomorrow, what, will, what do you think will be our response? What do you think will be our response? I want, I want to hear. If we say Jesus will come back tomorrow, what will be the various responses we are going to get? Uh, some people will repent. Uh -huh. uh, that is the, somebody who is talking from the heart. Say, don't come. Yes, yeah, so it, it's not yet time. Don't come yet. Don't come yet for many reasons. For many reasons, many are not ready. But our passage that, I mean, is telling us that part of the benefits of being the sons and daughters of God is that God visits us. When you are asleep, do you know anything that is happening around you? Do you know what anything that's happening in your life? In the spiritual realm, in the physical realm. We know nothing. Many people sleep. That's what they call the sleep of death. It's not your portion in Jesus' name. Many people sleep and that is it. It's just when they expect them, to, ah, this person is supposed to wake up, and then <laughs> the person is gone. The person is gone. I remember the story we are told. Of some, I mean, a youth couple that went to serve in a, in, a, in a high school. 
and in the high school he went to Salze, I'm a child of God. I must teach these people the word of God. It's a girls' school. So he brought some of the girls together and began to teach them the word of God. And there was a vice principal there who was a, a, a descendant of the devil. Who made up his mind that in this school, nobody should talk about Jesus. There's no room for fellowship. I must not catch people praying. But the, the girls were happy that somebody introduced them to the word of God. And so they devised a means whereby at night, midnight, they will come together and begin to pray. Because they believed at that point in time that our Mr. Vice Minister would have gone to bed. But lo and behold, one night, say one night. One night they were praying and who, who, who came upon them? Vice principal. And he told them, I told you, no room for fellowship, no room for prayers. You've defied me. Go and get ready. By morning, all of you are leaving this school. A very good school, a very prestigious, um, prestigious school. What would the children tell their parents? So they went and met Brother Copper. Say, well, thank you for introducing us to Christ, too. But unless something happens, what will happen in the morning? We are going to be sent out of the school. And so this brother went to God. He said, Lord, you sent me here. I have done my own assignment. Why should these children be punished? Because I have done what you asked me to do. And he prayed and he went to bed. And the following day came. And the moment Vice Principal got home, he told his wife, I caught some of those girls. And they are in trouble. At the assembly tomorrow, what happens? We are rusticating them. They are leaving this school. So he already told his wife. So in the morning, it was time to go to the assembly. And vice principal has not come out of his room. And the woman, has this man forgotten that he has an unfinished business at the assembly? And she went and knocked on his door. And who answered? Nobody. Because vice principal was dead. The Bible says it is a fearful thing. To do what? To fall into the hands of the living God. I want to speak on somebody's life here today. Whatever is challenging God in your life, God himself will silence in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible says, why should the heathen say, where is their God? Whatever is bringing that question up in your life, God will silence today in Jesus' name. Amen. God visits you. You know that story that Jesus told about the rich, uh, uh, the rich fool? That rich fool was very rich. His barn was full. He had a bountiful harvest. He was prepared to pull down the old barn and do what? And set up a bigger barn. Everything about him was me, myself, and I. But the Bible says that night, tell somebody that night. That night, God visited him. And said, thou fool, you will not be counted a fool before God in Jesus' name. But that's what the Bible says. God told him, thou fool, today you will give account of your soul. And then what? Whose shall those things be? All the things you have accumulated. All the things that you are so full of that you sat down and say, my soul, relax, re I mean, enjoy. We'll pull down this band, we'll build a bigger one. He said, but tonight, your soul will be required of you. In plain man's language. That night, what happened to the rich fool? He died. 
And then he was asked a question on his way to wherever he went. Whose shall those things be? God visits you. When you go through the scriptures, brethren, in Genesis chapter 18, from verse 20 to verse 21, Genesis 18, verses 20 to 21, we see the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says the Lord visited them to see what was going there, going on there. In verse 21, he said, I will go down now and see. You see? So the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. But I want to go down and do what? And see. When God visits brethren, he is visiting to see. He is visiting to do what? To see. So when God visits to see you, what will he see? He visited Sodom and Gomorrah to see. And what he saw was not palatable. What he saw was even beyond what he had heard about the place. So what did he do? He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He wiped it out. He wiped it out. The Bible says that when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, God will visit them to see them, to have fellowship with them. And they had a wonderful time until one day. One day, brother Adam and sister Eve have disobeyed God. And God visited as usual. But what happened? The brethren that were always happy to, to receive God and say, my father is visiting. Wonderful time. Where were they? They were hiding. Whatever is making you to hide from the presence of God, God will address you today in Jesus' name. You see, God will do his own part, but you have to do your own part. Because in, in such a situation, repentance is unavoidable. That is why God, whom you used to see, God, whom when he visits, you are going to have a discussion. He can no longer visit you. There is a gap. There is a wall. There is a building of iniquity that is separating you and him. When you hear that he is coming, you say, no, God, don't come. I know it's you. Don't, don't, hold on, don't come. He visited the place called Babel. We know Babel. Babel, Genesis chapter 11, from verse 5 to verse 8. He visited to see what they were doing. When you look at verse 5, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. You see, they were already building the city. They were building the tower. I pray for someone here today. I pray for someone listening to me. God will not destroy the work of your hand. Every cause of impossibility in your life is lifted in Jesus' name. You know, that's what happened to them. They started building a tower that would reach to the throne of God. Did they finish building it? They never finished. That's what in real life disunity causes. Many are times we come together with glorious, I mean, with lofty ambitions. Wonderful things we want to do. The people of uh, uh, Babel were united. And God saw it. How did God disunite them? He changed their languages. They couldn't understand each other again. Is that not the meaning of disunity? Somebody will say A, the other person will say B. Somebody will say it is this way. The other person will say it is either my way or what? Or the highway. If you don't do it my way, we are not going to do anything. And they, they begin to quarrel. 
They become like the, the, the people, the Moabites, the Ammonites that invaded Judah. They have to destroy themselves. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. They were cursed with a curse of impossibility from that day onwards. And that curse of impossibility is still fighting, dealing with some people up till today. It's only Jesus that can lift it. And because you are his, if that curse is operating in your life, it is terminated today in Jesus' name. God visited Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 5. And he changed his name to Abraham. In other words, when God visits, he sees some things that have been following you from birth. In fact, maybe not from birth. From where? From the womb. Generational issues. And he says, no, this, my son cannot continue this way. This, my daughter cannot continue this way. It's a season of change. Tell somebody it's a season of change. He visited Abraham, exalted father. He said, no, what I have made you is more than just being an exalted father. I have made you what? A father of nations. So today, I will change your name from Abraham to Abraham. God will visit you tonight. God will visit you today. And it will change your name. Every name you bear. Do you know that there are some names we bear that we don't know? Do you realize that? When they go to their coven, when they go to where they, where they want to destroy their own lives and not your life, the names they mention is not the name that you know. Do you realize that? It, that is the, it, is the, it is the covenant name that they are dealing with. But you know what? Today. Today, not tomorrow. When? In fact, right now. Right now, God is changing that name in the name of Jesus. When next they call that name, you are not the one that will answer in Jesus' name. I hope we know what a coven is. A coven is the meeting place of witches. It's the meeting place of wizards. That's where they have their meetings. If they take what they think is your name there, when they call your name, what will they see? They will see the blood of Jesus. They will even be deceived to think it's your blood. That blood will avail for you in Jesus' name. He visited Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. The Bible says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give thee. God appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, What do you want? Somebody will have a wonderful dream tonight. Somebody will have a glorious dream tonight. And this time around, unlike all those troubling dreams of the past, it is a dream of visitation by the King of Kings. It is a dream that will bring you blessings. Remember, brother Jacob. Jacob slept in Bethel. He put a stone as his pillow. He just slept because he was tired, like many of us do. But that night, say, tell somebody that night. That night, what did Jacob see? He saw a ladder ascending to heaven. And angels do what? Ascending and descending. And who was at the top of the ladder? The king of kings and the lord of lords himself. You will see him tonight in Jesus' name. I said you will see him today in Jesus' name. 
Jacob that left the house a confused man, a man that was afraid. He had an encounter with God. And God said, ah, the blessings of Abraham, the blessings of Isaac, they are whose? They are yours. He released that upon him. I want to pray for someone who is listening to me this moment. Every promise of God in your life that has been pending, receive it right now in Jesus' name. There is something called the mighty angel of God. The mighty angel of God. When, when uh, 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 one of the angels was bringing the answer to Daniel's prayer, he said the prince of Persia withstood him. And then one of the mighty angels of God came and fought on his behalf so that Daniel could receive his answer. I speak to somebody's life today. That mighty angel will fight for you. That mighty angel will be released on your behalf. That mighty angel will change your situation around. In the name of Jesus. He visited Solomon. When you go to uh, that first Kings chapter 3 verses 9 to 11. I mean 9 to 13. You see where God asked Solomon, what do you want? And God thought Solomon would answer like any normal human being. Tell somebody you are not normal. I'm, I say you should tell, I am the one saying you tell the person. Tell somebody you are not normal. Tell the person, I am not normal. Yes. Don't, have you forgotten what the Bible says? The Bible says you are wonderfully and fearfully made. That's not a normal person. No. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth. A normal person, when God says, what do you want? A normal person will say, ah, you know, I want to buy maybe one or two houses this year. Which is, in itself, is uh, near impossible. And maybe I want to change my Lamborghini to a Rolls Royce. Those are normal requests. What did Solomon ask? <laughs> he said, I know I'm not wise. I need wisdom. Tell somebody I need wisdom. As if you say, I need wisdom. I said, I know me, I'm not wise. Oh. I need what? I need wisdom. I don't know why you made up your mind that I'm the one you will make king. Then if you made up your mind to make me king, uh, don't make me a king that uh, they, they will be, what's the word? I'm speaking in tongues. The king that everybody would just be dragging on the floor. No, I need wisdom. Did God give it to him or not? Uh, God said, you mean, and you say you are not wise. And you're asking for wisdom instead of asking for a big house and big car and this. Ah, he said, because you have asked for that, I give you wisdom. I give you knowledge. I give you understanding. I give you riches. And do you know what? He didn't give him normal riches. He didn't give him ordinary riches. He said, such that before you there was none. After you, there will be none. Only God can do it. And he's doing it for you. I say he's doing it for you. You see why I'm saying, why I say we are not normal. We are extraordinary beings in the presence of our Father. That's why God can visit you. That's why he's not going to send someone to you. He will do what? He will visit you by himself. After giving Solomon everything, he now promised him length of days for his obedience. Even when Solomon began to misbehave, God still fulfilled his promise to Solomon. I want to speak into somebody's life here. His promise to you will come to pass. Amen. His promise to you will be fulfilled. Amen. 
That which looks impossible is very possible. Is what? I didn't just say it's possible. Is what? Very possible. Because of the God you serve. Because he is visiting the house today. Because he is visiting you where you are now. Because you are due for a visitation. And it's not another visitation. It's a visitation of transformation. It's a visitation that changes destinies. It's a visitation that changes testimonies. It's a, a visitation that the Bible says that collect those things that be not. Ah, receive it in Jesus' name. I say receive it in Jesus' name. I say receive it in Jesus' name. I want you to pray, to pray, to pray. Ah, rise on your feet. Rise on your feet and pray. This visitation is, 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 is centered upon you. Open your mouth and pray. And say, visit me, O Lord. Visit me, O Lord, and transform my life. Visit me, O Lord, and change my te testimony. G visit me, O Lord, and renew my destiny. Ah, visit me, O Lord. Visit me, O Lord. From this moment, from this moment. You know, there's a song that we sing that says, I am tired of the valley. Are you here today? You are tired of the valley? Tell the Lord, visit me, O Lord. Take me from the valley to the mountain top. Visit me, O Lord. Uproot me out of the miry clay. Take me out of the miry clay. Ah, Baba, enough of struggling in the miry clay. Visit me, O Lord. Your word says you visit me every day. I want a new visitation. I want a special visitation. Yes, Lord. I want to remember you for good. Beginning from this day onwards. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed.